Welcome to the first episode of I Wrote You a Pilot. I'm the host and writer, AJ Schrader. It is currently the year 2020 during the age of the pandemic, and with everyone trapped inside binging shows, I figured it was only a matter of time till networks and streaming services became hungry for something new. Naturally, the first place they're going to look is the entertainment mecca of Greensboro, North Carolina. With that inevitability in mind, I've set out to write pilots starring some of the currently untapped performers I know that are destined for greatness. My first guest is John Chenoweth. He's a member of the sketch comedy group Monfrere, a co-star of the Dungeons & Dragons podcast Dump Stats, and an improviser who can be seen hanging around the Idiot Box Comedy Club from time to time. Let's meet the future star of the hit series John Saves the Neighborhood, and then we'll jump into the piloty goodness. It's a pilot, wrote you a pilot, a pilot I wrote for you. First guest. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm humbled. Po- possibly only, because who knows if I will get quickly bored of this when I can <laughs> see people in person. That's true. I mean, you, and you've got National Treasure and ALF to work on. Oh, so many projects. I'm prolific. Yeah, I'll call I you think. Prolific. Yeah, I think that comes across in the script that we'll read today because it's like this guy obviously doesn't spend too much time on any one project. He's taking the shotgun approach of just throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall. And so I I had you fill out a little survey before I I wrote the pilot. I'm not going to say it was well incorporated, but it was (laughs) it was used. So uh, you're you're in. Yeah, so your your influences, uh, your your favorite sitcoms are The Office, Pete and Pete, and Community. Yeah, is that correct? And so, three of what, 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 yeah. three of uh, what what particularly like? Do you think there's any common threads that draw those all together? And like, this is a John show. Oh, uh, I think the big thing apparently for me is that fourth wall breaking because I noticed in all three yeah. of those there are at least with The Office and Pete and Pete, there's a lot of Talking They're to the talking. camera, talking to the audience. Yeah, that uh, they do that several times with the mockumentary style on a on a handful of episodes, and so I think that was the big thing that jumped out at me. It was like, oh, I like being an active participant in my television watching. Ah, that's see, that's a viewer. That's such a, like a more optimistic way of describing it than like when I was because I like the all of these shows too, and for Office and Pete and Pete, it was like. I was like, oh, I like to be spoon fed what is happening. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought about it both directions and I had the thought that you might be asking me this question, like why those three shows? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I went, I, you know, I, I toyed around with both answers. Just like, I like the more positive one where like I'm an active member of the cast rather than I like to be, na- I like to be, you know, walked. I like to have my hand held through the right. plot of every episode. <laughs> And so in, in your pilot, uh, I half-heartedly threw in some VO. Is, is how... <laughs> no, it works, though. It works. That, that's how that gets incorporated. The thing that actually is more interesting to me is that... So I asked you what television role you wish that you had been cast as. Yeah. And you cho- chose older Pete from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. And... He's, not, he's, not the big, he's not the big character. He's I mean, not. he's the star, but... He's not. And, you know, these were I just went with my gut. Like I read the question, thought about it like a man as I could. Yeah. I like a man who goes with his gut. So if you if you gave me that survey again today on sight unseen, all Uh of my answers might be different. Right. I wouldn't do that, though. 
I like <laughs> I'd have to rewrite everything, Jeff. <laughs> Trash it, dump it. But um I did like older Pete just because I connected with him on a level as far as when the show came out. At my age, we were around the same age. Uh, right, he, right. He was he ha- always had a soft spot for for certain girls in his class, and they mm-hmm. weren't the classic attractive beauties. They weren't the femme fatales or the ingenues. Yeah, they were him the- and Ellen had a fun back and forth. They did, and he always went for the, kind of the quirky girl and like the different. And he was also he's he's a bridge character, right? Like because he's kind of that cusp in t- between Little Pete, which is still like all the way in childhood and like imagination, where he's this transitional phase, and a lot of it conflict comes from. Like, you know, the the time travel episode and everything like oh, where he's feels like he's aging out of like the whimsy at yeah. some points. One of my other favorite episodes, same thing, the Wrigley 500, mm-hmm. where he gets invited to go to the go swimming in the quarry with the girl who would I can't remember the actress's name, but she went on to play Paris on Gilmore Girls. Um, and he it's when the parents go out of town for the weekend. So he and Little Pete have this like Grand Prix race mapped out all over the house and the property, like in the front and backyards. But then older Pete ditches him to go hang out with this girl that he likes. And Little Pete gets so angry, he winds up selling the house to another family like over the weekend while their parents oh, shit. are gone. <laughs> so that's that. I think that highlights it again, where older right. Pete again, like feels this like onus he, and responsibility. Right. Exactly. And Little Pete is just going to be like, no. I'm my own man. I'm going to do what I want. Right. Because that's what childhood is. It's that level of innocence and freedom where you f- you're figuring out who you are, but at the same time, you kind of already know without realizing it. Yeah. And that's a, and it's a beautiful sentiment. So uh, let me pitch you this show. So imagine Pete and Pete without any of that, any of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just the disillusionment and absurdity. The dis- disillusionment and an insane neighborhood that is uh the show i'm pitching to you um i expect if you ever have a chance to make a show that's the first thing that you will demand happens <laughs> i want pete and pete without the whimsy yeah just <laughs> it an angrier disillusioned pete and pete <laughs> Our, that's where i am mentally so i think that works great so you, you want to get into this pilot yeah let's do it An everyman-looking character, John, late 30s, is standing in some sweet cut-off jeans, surveying his yard, and in his hand is a cup of coffee that reads King of Grass. His VO plays as he pulls stuff out from his shed. I used to think being a kid was the worst, that the adults of this world must have spontaneously generated full-grown, because if they had ever actually been kids themselves, there's no way they would have been so callous to my problems. He fills his trusty lawnmower and then pulls the lawnmower cord doohickey because he's old school. Start piece of shit. Oh, Bessie. Oh, we're going to fight today. John continues struggling as VO continues. He finally gets it going and we see him struggle cutting the yard full of tree roots, thorny bushes, and goddamn yellow jackets and wasps. Now, however, I'm an adult and I realize it's not that I don't care about kids' problems. It's that I still have all those same problems plus a shitload of other problems, and sometimes those problems include kids who just don't understand how fragile my concept of control is. Just as he gets it going, nice and strong, some dick kid Ashton pulls up on an electric scooter, but not a rented one. This kid owns one, which should let you know exactly what sort of dick kid he is, one devoted to capitalism. Hi, mister. I'll cut your yard for 50 bucks. John stops mowing. 
Oh, uh, that's okay, kid. I actually enjoy the mowing. It gives me a sense of control in this <laughs> oh-so-random world. Oh, well, just think how I feel, mister. I'm just some dick kid. I don't even get to control anything. Shoot, if I don't mow yards all summer, I can't even buy myself basic necessities like Battle Squadron Extreme Multiplayer First Person Shooter 8. You know what? I actually used to be just some dick kid, too. But you're so adult and non-dickish now. How is that even possible? Comes with time, champ. I used to save up money mowing yards and then blow it all at putt-putt arcades playing pinball. What's your name? Ashton. My name's Ashton, mister. Jesus. With a name like that, you didn't even have a chance. Yeah, it's like my parents knew I was going to be borderline abusive to my siblings. Right, mister? <laughs> Forget the mister. Just, just call me John. John Chenoweth. Call me Mr. John Chenoweth. So how about it, Mr. John Chenoweth? Are you going to help me learn a sense of responsibility and pride that I can only assume you feel when you look upon this majestic patch of grass? Or are you going to let me scoot on by, believing no one in this world truly cares about one another, and that somehow all my dickish behavior is justified? Well, I might regret it, but I'm going to take a chance on you, because sometimes people are better than their douchey names. John pulls out some cash from his wallet and hands it to the kid. Wow, thanks! Now, I, I see you don't have any of your own equipment, so you can use Bessie here. She's a little finicky at first. As John turns to show off his mower, the familiar whiz of an electric vehicle can be heard behind him. He turns to see Ashton whizzing off. So long, sucker! Wait! I, I thought I was going to be your mentor! Nope! I have no real desire to change! Ashton forever! My name is appropriate! Woo! All right, well, at least be careful riding in the streets. After that, no one tells Ashton what to do. Ashton twirls his helmet like a sling and chucks it behind himself. The helmet flies back and hits John square in the head, knocking him to the ground. As he lays in the middle of the street, the show title appears on screen. John saves the neighborhood. John can't save the world. That's not what he does. The city is also a lot. He leave that to the fuzz, but here on his block, he looks out for all. He's the second best guy in the neighborhood after his neighbor, Paul. Joan! Joan! Joan saves the neighborhood! And so that, and then, like, you know, uh, then the show continues. <laughs> There's John. my come up with in my head. <laughs> All right, so uh, John enters into his home rubbing his head. His totally awesome best bud slash slacker roommate, A.J. Schrader, is sitting on the couch. He has a bag of Doritos, regardless of whether or not Doritos is willing to sponsor the show. Also, he has a belt full of anachronistic objects that probably won't come up. Oh, hey, dude, uh, sweet scooter helmet. This little shit just... I, oh, I was going to... This little at... I, I, I thought he was going to be a Mowgli. I was going to be Baloo. That little bastard is a caw, the googly-eyed snake. John throws the helmet. I'm uh, I'm guessing the yard is a moat? Yeah, no, I got robbed by a kid on a scooter. Was his name Ashton? Yes, you've met him. I've met a thousand kids like him, that's for sure. And yes, I have also met him. <laughs> We cut back to a flashback as AJ describes what happened. 
I was coming back from my totally normal job and ready to start a day of being your roommate. Camera shows AJ teleporting into John's yard from nowhere with an alien arm reaching after him through the portal. When I realized, I had forgotten my keys inside and decided to crawl through the window. From here on out, the visuals are exactly as AJ describes them. His miraculous dimensionally traveling ability that allows him to potentially be in any show shan't be mentioned again. But just then, in a hilarious mishap, the window slid down, and I was stuck there. That's when Ashton and his band of goons approached. Ashton and a bunch of other dick kids approach. Hey, mister, I could go get you some help if you give me 50 bucks. Well, that sounds fair. Just take my wallet and don't play my butt like a drum. But he didn't listen, and he did play my butt like a drum. And him and all of his little friends laughed. Stupid window, mister! You've been defeated by Ashton and the Minotaurs! Remember the name so you can talk to your roommate about it later! Cut back to AJ on the couch. But you didn't tell me earlier because you were embarrassed. Why would I be embarrassed of that? The drum is the most natural of potential butt instruments. I didn't tell you because his choice of solos was incredibly cliche. Close up of hands on butt playing in the air tonight drum solo, but it's on a butt. AJ goes back to eating chips. Well, I'm not gonna let that little dick get away with it. I'm gonna talk to his parents, I'm gonna get my money back. Uh, Kids like that don't come from good people, John. I don't care. There comes a time in every man's life where he needs to take a stand and say either I'm getting my money back or I'm getting my lawn cut because you don't need to keep going, John. You, you had me at, I don't care. But just in case this leads to a climactic showdown between the Minotaurs and your ragtag group of friends, I should go assemble the ragtag friends. Godspeed. AJ stands. An interdimensional portal opens up. AJ walks around it so he can get to the door of the apartment and exits like normal humans do. Cut to a nice-looking suburban home. A 1950s-looking couple sits smoking pipes. And both of them. Because it's not the 1950s. It's 2020, motherfuckers! Our life is delightfully uneventful, wouldn't you say, dear? Indeed. Aside from our regular sojourns to the humidor, I can't remember the last time I've been surprised. Just then, John the Kickmaster Chernowith kicks open their door. What up, dick stains? Your laissez-faire parenting style is about to get a big ol' handful of John Chenoweth. Well, listen here, sir. I don't know who you think you are, but this is the most alive I've felt in ages. Oh, you should have said something, honey. I, too, was only pretending to enjoy the drudgery of life. <clears throat> wow. Um, you guys are being way cooler about this than I was expecting. Do you mind if I... Uh... John motions to a third pipe that's sitting on the table. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> that is... Wait. that That is just super generous of you guys. I really didn't expect Ashton's parents to be such decent people. Uh, uh, Ashton? You mean the neighbor's boy? He's a goddamn nightmare. That boy once played my butt like a drum and displayed zero originality in the process. Oh, crap. I, I should have known. Sorry to have destroyed your front entrance. I'll, I'll, I'll come by later with some tools. Uh, could you maybe tell me which neighbors are Ashton's parents? Just then, another door is kicked in. Standing on the other side is Ashton's dick dad. What up, Athlick? I'm Ashton's dad. I'm the sort of person who likes to spy on his neighbors. Uh, your son stole, stole six, 50 bucks from me. That's impossible. Ashton is well provided for. All his monetary needs are met. 
Well, maybe it's about seeking emotional attention. Fart noise! You're actually just supposed to make a fart noise and not say fart noise? Yeah, well, my dad never taught me how, and so I never taught Ashton how. I'm not saying that's right. It's just the way it is. Cycles repeat. There's no use trying to stop it. Okay, maybe I can talk to Ashton's mom. Maybe she'll be a little more reasonable. A third door in the room gets kicked open. On the other side is Ashton's absent mother. Hello, Aslick. I'm Ashton's mom, and I'm not really in the picture anymore. Ashton's mom slowly backs out of the door and then runs down the street far, far away from the unrelenting positive responsibilities of the world. Wow, she is really moving. Yeah, we always said last one out of the room has to continue to raise Ashton. And that kid is the worst. Uh, do you know at least where I can find him? No, but this map might help. Ashton's dictad holds out a map that reads, Minotaur hideout secret location. Do not give to John. Thanks. John and Ashton's dictad exit. The 1950s couple is left alone. I miss our doors. <laughs> Cut to exterior, a yard in the neighborhood. AJ is walking the streets with a group of flyers. He posts one to a tree. It reads, want to be a badass and take back the streets? Call now. As he turns, there's some Ashton kids standing, <laughs> staring at him, along with his motley crew of other dick kids. Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Phil Collins himself. Uh, shut it, Ashton. I'm more than just some drum solo you played on my butt. No one is more than the drum solo I play on their butt, and don't you forget it! I'll forget what I want to forget! Oh, I think you'll remember this! I don't know. Most things just blend together these days. Even things I used to think I was passionate about, such as good writing. It hardly seems worth the effort anymore. I spend literally hours each day staring at a wall and firmly believe that's the best possible use of my time. So if I'm going to remember something, it's going to have to be real weird! Alright, in that case... Minotaurs assemble! Suddenly, Ashton's band of goons, aka Salty Pete, Chad the Thunder Michelson, Oh Willy One Eye Plus Another Eye, and Kathy the Disinfector, do a series of flips and stand on each other's shoulders. Ashton crawls to the top and then puts on a giant minotaur mask. Its eyes glow red and smoke erupts from its nostrils. AJ yawns. Seen it. Oh yeah? Well, have you seen this? The minotaur's kid arms lift AJ above his head. Yeah, this has definitely happened to me before. Ah! The miniature tosses AJ into a nearby dumpster and stomps off. There is a beat as the camera stays focused on the dumpster. I wonder how I got in here. Cut to commercial! And then I'll do a... I'll come up with some sort of commercial here. How do, how do, how do TV shows work? Okay. In these uncertain times, it's important to remember that we all have to fend for ourselves. So whether you like my product or not, I hope you give me money. I mean, right now, I have no real sponsors, but you can be a sponsor just by giving me a digital tip on Venmo at US of AJ. For a dollar, I'll say you're a sponsor during the next episode. Plus, I'll feel guilted into making a next episode. For three dollars, I'll try to say your name correctly. For five dollars, I'll say whatever sentence you want me to, unless, of course, it's something racist or something real shitty like that. In which case, I'll just keep your five dollars and not give you a refund, because you know, be less racist. For $150, I'll write you a shitty pilot where you're the star. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance I was going to ask you to be on the podcast eventually anyways, but it would jump you up on the list. I can't promise you'll like it, but it'll happen. And then we'll all move on with our lives. Because I mean, 
what the fuck else are we supposed to do? We return from the shameless plug to see John standing looking at a map. As he gazes above it, we see he is looking out on a great ocean. Pirate sails can be seen in the distance, and the faint caws of seagulls seem to be beckoning the song of adventure. He looks down at the map, which also clearly shows an ocean with the words, Not this way. Turn around, you dummy. John turns and now is staring at his normal suburban neighborhood with a very basic rusty playground. He looks down at the map, which now gives him a thumbs up. As he approaches, he sees kids laughing and throwing knives at each other. Hey, you kids shouldn't be throwing knives. That's adults-only fun. Uh, a couple kids turn and throw knives at him. He dodges with ease. Yeah, shut up, you old man. Got no beef with you, old Willy One Eye plus another eye. I'm looking for Ashton. Ashton appears at the top of the slide. Did somebody say my name? Ashton fans himself with uh, two $20 bills and one $10 bill. That equals $50. Oh, what a badass. Oh, that's the money you took earlier, etc. You robbed me, Ashton. You robbed me of 50 bucks. And you also robbed me of the opportunity to impart my immense knowledge on a budding youth. And in doing so, you robbed yourself of a great listener and a comprehensive lecture on the pros and more pros of Yacht Rock. Well, I guess I'll just have to pay myself back with some of this money. Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy's skills aren't useful to our generation. Oh, I think currency is more valuable than musical styles most popular in the late 70s, early 80s, etc., etc. Oh, bird. Okay, okay. Well, I, uh, I talked to your dad, Ashton. He said you need to give me back the money or mow my yard. So how about that? Uh, that doesn't sound like something my dad would say. I mean, he generally engages in a laissez-faire style of parenting. Oh, yeah! That's a policy that is equally ineffective in personal relationships and also economics. Oh, I wonder if I'll still identify as a libertarian after high school. Oh, everything's confusing, etc. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's what he said, so... No. Oh, well, maybe we should just ask him. Ashton kicks something down the slide and is revealed to be his own dick dad from earlier. Only now his arms are tied and he has a sock in his mouth. Funny, doesn't seem to be saying anything. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a video game to go purchase. Minotaurs, assemble! The Minotaurs once again merge into a Voltron-style beast <laughs> as they also begin throwing knives at John, who ducks and covers. You won't get away with this, Ashton. I'm an adult. I'm an adult with friends. A knife lands in John's shoulder. Ah! <laughs> Cut to exterior trash can. AJ is currently stuck in. Things were looking bleak, and unfortunately, my best bud AJ wasn't doing much better. The camera shows AJ in the tight space of the trash can as he struggles unsuccessfully to free himself. Ah, stupid trash can. I gotta get out of here and assemble a ragtag group of badasses. Just then, the alarm on his phone goes off. He wiggles the phone free well enough to see the alarm listed as deadline to assemble ragtag group of friends. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Looks like I failed my best buddy, John. This is a low point I shan't likely recover from. Just then, a burly voice is heard from outside the trash can. If you're trying to investigate my trash, could you be a little discreeter? Paul? Paul, is that you? <laughs> we cut to outside the trash can and see John and AJ's neighbor, Paul, preferably played by famed voice and also face and also body actor Patrick <laughs> Warburton, is now standing next to the trash can where AJ's feet dangle in the air. Yeah, it's me. Should I just call you feet, or do you have a name, trash man? <laughs> it's me, AJ. I I'm the best bud of your neighbor, John. Uh, could you help me out? Paul lifts AJ out of the trash can. Let me guess. 
group of kids transformed into a beast best known for guarding mythological labyrinth and tossed you in there. Uh, yeah, that's a how how did you how did you get there? Because that doesn't whoever came up with that it doesn't make sense. How did uh, you- well, I, I follow Ashton on social media. He's a prolific tweeter. I try to keep tabs <laughs> on all the neighborhood miscreants. Ah, uh, well, I uh, I guess it's he's probably gotten the better of you in the past too, huh, Paul? Right? Like he probably me. got one over on you. Ah, uh, me? No, I'm a strong adult man, not easily defeated by a child. Right? Yeah, of course that makes yeah. yeah. But. And the rest of the Minotaurs have occasionally picked on my ragtag group of friends. A car pulled up full of ragtag friends. In fact, uh, here they are now. Oh my god, this is great. Paul, Paul, do you think maybe, just maybe, before your ragtag group of friends hangs out, you guys would consider quickly dispersing and help me find an additional set of people who also have a vendetta against Ashton and will be willing to team up with me and John? Or we could just do it. Oh, that's better. That's, oh, that's good. <laughs> Cut to exterior of the woods. John's voiceover plays as he crawls desperately through the woods, a knife still sticking out of his shoulder. I'd been bested and was bleeding out fast, but I still knew that even with one arm, I'd be able to kick the shit out of Ashton one-on-one because he was a kid and I am a man filled with hate, just like Charles Grodin at the end of most Charles Grodin movies. If only I had a way to get in contact with AJ and whatever troops he had assembled, we still had a chance to pull this thing off and get my 50 bucks back. But he was probably too far off to hear my cries of pain. John's phone rings. John looks down at it, surprised he didn't remember it sooner. Hello? The the screen splits to show AJ, also on the phone, only he's surfing Teen Wolf style on top of the car filled with Paul and the rest of the ragtag team. Uh, Hey, buddy, I got the guys. I'm near the playground. Uh, the one near the mysterious pirate cove? That's the one. But uh, you gotta hurry. These little bastards knife me, AJ. I don't have much time. John collapses. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, hey, hey, guys. Th- they stabbed him. We've got to step on it. Paul floors it. I hope he's not a bleeder. <laughs> Cut to exterior, other side of playground. Ashton and his goons are returning from their shopping spree. They have a large cart behind them that covers up some sort of other largest, largest object. Faster, you fools! I have a nine o'clock bedtime, and I wish to enjoy my spoils in a leisurely manner. John appears with one arm in a sling and the other beating his chest, attempting to mimic a slow clap. I'm the only one who will be spoiling things around here, Ashton. Uh, you never learn, do you, Mr. John Chenoweth? Minotaurs, assemble! Not this time, Ashton. AJ also appears from out of nowhere. This time, we brought backup. Ragtaggers! Paul appears from behind another tree, along with Don, the CPA and golfing enthusiast, with a more colorful past than one would anticipate. Jessica, a day trader with a heart of gold, and old Jimmy Three Teeth, who got dental insurance about a year ago, but wanted his nickname to continue to make sense, so he still only has three teeth, unlike some punk kid poser. Ragtaggers, assemble! But we're already all together. Yeah, but I mean, can't we can't we form into some sort of like griffin or something to just like? That uh, doesn't really seem like a thing. It's not a it's not a thing we can do, and it's definitely not a thing some dick kids can do. Uh, oh yeah, why don't you show them what we're capable of? Minotaurs, assemble for real this time, and don't stop assembling just because somebody walks out from behind something. Kids start to climb on top of each other. You all look stupid. This criticism hurts their poor adolescent souls. Yeah, why isn't this working? 
of course. In order to defeat children, we have to crush their sense of wonder. Right. As long as we don't believe in them, they'll never amount to anything. Everyone destroy their dreams. Uh, you know, I had to pay back my student loans. What makes you so special? Theater's a nice hobby, but can never be a career. Applebee's is the only restaurant worth going to, etc. Oh, yeah. Oh. The kids run into the darkness. All right, Ashton. It's just you and me and my team of large soul-crushing adults. So how about you give me my 50 bucks back and we call it a day? I can't do that, Mr. John Chenoweth. You see... I already spent it. Ashton removes the cover that was over the large object to reveal a pinball machine. I thought you were buying some stupid online game. What can I say? I guess our conversation earlier in this same day affected me more than I lit on. So how about it, Mr. John Chenoweth? Care for a game? What's the catch? Uh, no catch. Just a friendly wager. One ball each. Loser leaves the neighborhood. You're on. All right, old man. Hope you don't have too much to pack. Ashton's eyes glow red as he pulls the plunger. Dramatic pushing as the ball leaves the chute, and then it immediately goes right between the flippers. Oh, 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 is that that allowed to happen? I don't, I've never played this. What sort of stupid fucking old person game? Why is... Why is there a ball-sized gap right between the goddamn flippers? How can anyone... All right, my oh, turn. Ah, uh, fuck, yeah, fuck, I guess. I guess. John drops in a quarter. Even with one hand, the, the machine lights up with bells and zings and all that other pinball shit. I don't know. I've never been good at it, so I can't... Re- Dave fades tonight as John continues to bounce the ball around. At some point, Ashton sighs and stands uh, from the rock that he was sitting on. Well, I guess... guess I lost... May as well leave the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah, so long. Yeah, don't eat any butts, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and Mr. John Chenoweth? Yeah, kid. Feel free to keep the machine. Really? That's. Wow, that's super nice of you. It is, isn't it? Except for the fact that it's a haunted pinball machine. A ghost rises up from the pinball machine as we cut to black and credits roll after that super sweet cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I I do have to say I was very impressed with your Patrick Warburton during this read because I knew you did Patrick Warburton, uh, but only I only actually get to hear him generally. With say, say one word. Words, yeah, saying words that rhyme with Peter. <laughs> so I did incorporate a few of those. Just out of like, well, maybe only this word will sound like him. But you can actually do a very, very good Patrick Warburton Thank impersonation. You. Thank you. I was I was surprised with myself, honestly. Um, but yeah, the uh, the words that rhymed with Peter were like a very like I had been a good boy, and those were little treats. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I assume you probably have a lot of pitch meetings coming up with networks and things. Um, oh yeah, I'm booked up all next week. Cool, 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 cool. So you, uh, like, how quickly do you think we'll be able to sell this? Like, you know, really, just like work. Like, how marketable? Oh, by this, this by show? by this time next week, we are both going to be on a private jet to L.A. Um, you know, basically hammering uh, out the first season. I, yeah, that'll be great. Because I really, I don't want to do a separate second episode. This, <laughs> this is our, this is your launching pad. This was just means to an end. Yeah, this is. I got this done. You know, if you spend a day writing 
a pilot, I'm pretty sure it's instant success. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how long other people write pilots for, but if it's more than a day, they're doing something wrong. Yeah, they've wasted their life. <laughs> as, uh... <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I am going to try to do um, uh, an episode, another episode with my brother Al as the next episode. Oh, I was going. That was he was very high on my list in my head of who else should do this because yes. I think that would go very well. So, uh, you know, Al too, since we all perform together in yep. the group, Mon Frere, a sketch comedy happenings. Whoop, whoop. Plug uh, it. is there, is there any element you want me to try to work into the next pilot? <laughs> this God, is as, as the first guest, you get this. Oh, wow. You're the first okay. one setting up to come up with just something, just something. Well, I feel that you're at a marked disadvantage because no one can see Al emote on this podcast and uh -huh. that's one of my favorite things about him is just how expressive he is with his face but um i would say if you can if you can write in a, a point where al or his character get angry because i think angry al like when his voice like rises and gets louder that's one of my favorite things that he does so well i think all right well i will i will definitely work that in in some way thank you so much for being my first and possibly only guest we'll see how much uh... <laughs> this was my pleasure i ha this was an absolute blast thank you very much for yeah. writing that yeah do you have do you have anything that you uh want to plug when the world reopens any projects you're generally a part of that uh make uh... sure make sure you follow unstoppable failure mon Frere, oh. and the idiot box all on facebook oh, and social yeah. media uh they are doing wonderful things all the time with where we are now with social distancing, creating a lot of online content. But once we get back to normal, uh, please support those uh, sketch and improv troops because they're amazing. Not just saying that because I'm a part of them, but they're filled with they're filled with wonderful people. So check them out. Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up episode one. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. All right.